Welcome to the Bible Conversation Podcast with Chris, Dan, and Dylan. Let's have a conversation. Hey, everybody. We are back with the Bible Conversation Podcast. We are excited today as we will get to hear about the story of how Dylan Bruce came to know Christ and came to accept him as his Lord and Savior. Uh, Dylan, I'll go ahead and uh, let you take it away. Yeah, so um, kind of similar to the study that we had last week with uh, Chris and and his conversion story. You know, I just wanted to to take a minute and kind of talk about mine, if uh, y'all don't mind. And um, it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, my story is is slightly different from Chris's um, in that it it begins differently. But what's really cool is that the conclusion is the same. And um, and I want y'all to. Just, uh, put a little plug in for next week. We're actually going to be talking about how, um, you know, the that Christ is the the way to heaven, and no matter what path you take, whether it's the path that I took or the path that that Chris took, we can't control that sometimes. But um, but once you get to Christ, you know, once once you find Christ, then you're going to be on the path to heaven. And so, little plug for next week. Come back for that as uh, Dan will be walking us through. Um, you know, Christ being the way to heaven. But um, so there, there's my plug for next week. But let's let's talk about um, this week, <laughs> my story, and um, and I'm just excited to share this with y'all. So really, I want to start back when I was a kid. You know, um, uh, for those of you uh, who don't know, if you've listened to a few of our podcasts, you know, um, I grew up in the church ever since I can remember. Um, you know, I was. Uh, going along with my parents, going to Bible class. And um, since I was about five, all the way through the end of high school, my dad was actually a minister in the church. He was the, uh, what they call the congregational life minister, which is kind of just a fancy way of saying whatever needed to get done, they just threw on my dad's plate. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> that's one way to do it. Yeah, that's one way. Um, but anyway, so for as long as I can remember, that that was my life. I mean, that that still is my life, but that's that's all I know. And, you know, it really starts, you, you really start learning about Christ and, and learning about him as your savior, even when you're really little. You know, it, once you learn the song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, that's the beginning of your study and, and, and you're coming to know Christ. Um, you know, and I, I go back to the first, one of the first classes I can actually remember attending was the the fourth grade or the, the I mean the four year olds or maybe the five year olds class that is way back there. But you know, learning those little songs like Jesus loves me and and learning the the songs like the Keller song. I don't know if y'all know the Keller song, but that's one that I still remember today, and it's really cool um, talking about you know the, the, well the song says um, that this little kid gets a box of, of crowns and. Um, each color reminds the kid in the song about something about Christ. And then as the kid's older, they want to share that with what they, um, with, with other little kids who have crowns. And so um, just even songs like that are really, really cool and stick with me. Um, but really, that's where my understanding of Jesus began. And it just developed more from there. And so fast forward all the way through um, elementary school, um, still just going to Bible class every week. Um, it, it's pretty typical to me, and it doesn't seem, you know, super special. And I know I mentioned um, a few weeks ago in one of our podcasts that, um, 
I don't think of myself as any better or worse for having grown up in the church. And that comes across differently than I intend to say that. And I think, Dan, you helped correct that a little bit um, as far as that there's major benefit to growing up in the church. But I don't think of myself as, oh, well, I'm a better Christian because of that. Dan, I mean, you expounded on that a few weeks ago, but can you expound on that more? I think you can say that better than I can. (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, I don't know if I can say anything better than you can, Dylan. You say things pretty well, but, uh, you know, I, I, I'll, all I was trying to say was there's definitely got to be benefit in growing up in the church. And I think the main thing that you wanted to share with us and come across is, you know, uh, I'm not a, a better Christian than you are, uh, you know, especially as you get into your adult age, you know, then then it, then you get to a point, I think, where now your maturity, your spiritual growth is a lot dependent on you. But um, boy, I tell you what, that that uh, that that upbringing in the church, that sets a good foundation, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And that's kind of what I was um, about to get at next is, you know, throughout um, all those children's classes, throughout elementary, um, every Bible class I went to, there's that foundation of Christ in all the Bible classes, whether you're studying Old Testament stories or whether you're, you're studying acts and, and stories about the apostles, you know, whatever it is in Bible class, there's still that foundation of Christ through it all, because that's the whole reason that we go to church. That's the whole reason that we take our kids to church and to Bible classes, because we want them to have that foundational understanding that Jesus loves me. And I know that because the Bible tells me that. You know, um, that that foundational understanding is so important um, for everyone and um, and something I was very thankful to have and to have uh, parents who loved me and, and um, who wanted to pass on uh, what they they were passed on from their parents. And so. Um, so, yeah, start starting with that fa- foundational understanding of Jesus and um, and that he loves me and that he's the son of God. Well, as I got into junior high, you know, of course I know this, but um, I, I started to, you know, you, you got to think more. You got to think deeper than just, okay, Jesus loves me and that's good. And, and more than just, okay, Jesus is the son of God and he loves me. That's good. You know, th- there's more to it and it, it doesn't end there. Um, that that's the, the next thing that I really want to share with everyone is that we have to understand that there is, um, more to salvation, that there's more to conversion than just a simple understanding of Christ and his love. That that's definitely a foundation, but it goes deeper than that. And Chris, even in your story last week, um, you had that understanding of, of Jesus and that he loves you, but like you were saying, when you went off to college and you told that tennis coach that you're looking for a good church, that is simply you asking for a place to, to have that deeper understanding more than just Jesus loves me. That's good. It, would I be correct in saying that? Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. And so, so that's kind of where I, I started to turn in junior high. You know, I, I started to, to try to look for that that deeper understanding. And I remember, I think it was probably seventh grade. Um, you know, all of middle school runs together for me. Uh, it was a long time ago. Um, but I, I want to say it was about seventh grade. And, uh, one of the classes that was being taught in my middle school Bible class was on the gospel of John. Well, as we got to the end of the gospel of John and, um, talking more about the crucifixion, you know, at the end of the book, um, 
my youth minister played a video in class and, um, and we watched the, you, you know, the movie, the gospel of John, it's an awesome movie. Um, uh, but we watched the final few scenes in that movie where Christ is uh, being crucified on the cross and that visual representation of Christ's sacrifice for us really, really is eye opening. And it, it changes the way you think of just, okay, Jesus was nailed to a cross and, and he died for my sins. Um, there was a lot more that went into that. Um, he was brutally beaten. He was, um, his, his flesh was torn off his back. And when you can um, see that portrayed, probably not in the exact same way that it was, because um, that's still just Hollywood's interpretation of what happened. You know, it's not, it's not going to be exact. But having that visual representation really opens your eyes to saying, Christ went through that for me. And so you're now building upon the, um, I know that Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me that, but he also loves me so much that he went and did this. He went, he went and died on a cross so that he could save me from my sin. And so now the thought process for me was changing more from, okay, Jesus loves me. And, um, and I, I want to, uh, I want to love him back. I, I want to be with him. You know, the thought process then begins to shift to, okay, why did he die on the cross? What kind of sin do I have in my life? What is sin? And that's something that is kind of hard to grasp, especially for, you know, kids in elementary school and younger. But that's why you see um, once teens start to get into high school that, that they have that understanding of sin. And that's why they make the decision to be baptized because they understand what they have done in their life and what has gone on in their life. And, and Chris is the youth and family minister here at Keller. I'm sure you can attest to that, that you can, you can see that transition of thought along teens as they grow up, um, in the church. And as you teach them in Bible class, I'm, I'm sure you can clearly see that transition of thought, um, with many of them. Do you have anything to add to that? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and each kid is individual and each kid is different and each kid's uh, ability and capability to understand is, is different. You know, there's some kids that understand at a younger age and there's some kids that, you know, understand at a later age. It's, and there's nothing wrong with either of those. You know, it's just the uh, ability that that child has. And so, uh, you know, my question for you is it, at what particular point did you really understand it, right? Because there's there's a difference between knowing what happened and understanding what happened. Exactly. Right? So what, what point did you understand that? And so... Um... Yeah, major difference between actually un- understanding the sacrifice that Christ made versus just knowing about it. Because I, I can't really even pinpoint a time that I, I learned about the sacrifice that Jesus made, right? Like that's just a um, a fundamental, that's part of the, the rock that Jesus loves me and, and he sacrificed himself for me. That That's part of that that foundational learning, but understanding what it means versus knowing it is very different. And I'd say that understanding really started to come in late middle school. Um, it really, um, being able to see that visual representation, being able to, to talk more about it, but also, um, understanding Christ's sacrifice, um, comes also from understanding my own life and understanding the sin that I have in my life. And, um, you know, there's a reason that, children, uh, like two and three year olds do things wrong and backtalk parents and, and are annoying because they don't really understand the difference between right and wrong. And that's something that every parent of all time has had to teach their kids is you have to understand the difference between right and wrong. Well, in the same way for us spiritually, um, 
we have to learn the difference between right and wrong um, it, from God's eyes, you know? Um, it, from our parents' teaching, we, we all learn the difference of right and wrong. Whether you know about Jesus or not, whether um, you believe in God or not, everyone learns right and wrong. That's just morals right there. But understanding God's definition of right and wrong, that's the difference between um, being righteous and being sinful. And so when you start to understand that, for me, it was late middle school, you know, seventh and eighth grade, understanding that, oh, this is wrong when I do this. This is sinful. And that is really what opened my eyes for the understanding of why why Christ made that sacrifice. But I'm going to uh, get into here in a minute my baptism and, and when I decided to actually put on Christ in baptism and, and be clothed with him and, and decide to follow him didn't come actually until later. And that might be surprising because for, for many people that understanding um, comes and then right after that it's okay I need to be baptized I, I understand I have sin I understand why Jesus made a sacrifice I need to wash away that sin through the waters of baptism and that's good but for me it was actually a couple of years between my understanding that okay I need to be baptized and actually doing it and one of the reasons which I don't I'm not really proud of but one of the reasons was because I didn't want to look like I was just following somebody else does that make sense mm-hmm. okay. yeah I think I think I get what you're saying um, you know and and sometimes I guess and I've, I've heard stories of this I've, I've never witnessed it but you know it um, at summer camps you know you'll have one kid gets up to be baptized and then that same night there's five more and we can't we can never speak to the hearts of those kids all six of those kids very well could be 100% entirely convicted. But I think your point is you didn't want to look like you weren't convicted. Exactly, yeah. And and I, I was 100% convicted. I, I knew that I needed to be baptized into Christ in order to, um, to spend eternity with Him, in order to be clothed with Christ. And, and I knew what I had to do. I was completely convicted. I understood what it meant. But I didn't have this sense of urgency that um, I needed to. You know, it was kind of like a, well, I, I don't want to get baptized a, a week right after this person, a week right after this friend, or even a month after this friend. I, it needs to be my own decision. And, and that was something that I kept telling myself. And and I don't know where that was coming from. Uh, I don't have any any parents or mentors that told me, you know, don't look like you're following somebody else and, um, and make sure that uh, it doesn't look like it's uh, somebody else's decision. But that was just something that I kept telling myself. And I don't know why. And I kind of wish that I hadn't kept feeding myself with that thought but that's uh what ended up happening um i find it if you don't mind me jumping in real quick you know we when you look at acts chapter two at the end of it you know i mean three thousand people were baptized on the same day and you know i mean someone had to go first and someone had to go last and so you know i think ultimately you know you were you were baptized into christ you you made the decision and that's that's the ultimate point that's made, I think, and um, I'm sure we'll get to that here in a little bit. But you know, if anybody's listening and is you know feeling the same way, because I I get it. I don't. I didn't feel that way, but I understand what you're saying. If anybody's feeling that way, it's it's okay to feel that way, but it's also okay to be convicted and be baptized minutes, days, weeks, or months after somebody else. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I know I'm probably not alone in that thinking, but I also know that that's not a universal thought process. Um, 
there's many people who could care less um, if they're baptized on the same night. I, I've known um, some some kids that they're they want to be baptized with their best friend. Um, not saying that's right or wrong in any way, but the important thing is the decision that each individual makes to follow Christ, whether like no matter the circumstances, you know, that that's the important decision. And so, um, I'll, I'll continue in my story, you know, uh, throughout seventh and eighth grade, um, closing out uh, middle school there, uh, me and my dad had a lot of studies. And, um, one of the ones, I don't remember why this one really jumped out in my mind, but, um, I think it was in, in the fall of my, um, freshman year of high school, actually. And, um, we were just dropping off my brother to go to college. The whole family went, you know, loaded up the car, took my brother off to college, unloaded him. And, um, and we're staying at the hotel that next night before we drive back to Texas. And, um, my dad and I were like, Hey, let's go swimming in the pool hotel, which is awesome. I, I love doing that. Um, but after we were swimming and playing around and, and he throwing the football to each other in the pool, uh, we went and, uh, hopped in the hot tub to just kind of, you know, relax until we went to bed that evening. And, um, and so I remember sitting there in that hot tub and my dad asking me uh, questions about baptism, asking me if I understand this. And, and I remember being able to answer everything like, yes, I understand this. Yes, uh, th- this is what this means. Yes, this is why Jesus died for me. Yes, this and yes, that. And uh, being able to understand everything and yet still not telling my dad, okay, I need to go get baptized right now, which is a really scary feeling um, knowing that I need to be baptized in order to be saved, knowing that I have sin in my life that has not been washed away by the blood of Christ and answering everything, understanding everything, and yet not making that decision. And to this day, I don't know why I didn't make that decision then. I I don't know why I didn't tell my dad, okay, right now I need to be baptized. Um, but that's, that's the case that it was. And so, um, fast forward to, uh, spring of that year, um, spring of my freshman year, you know, I had that conversation with my dad and, and, and many others throughout the year, um, just kind of sprinkled in at, at random times whenever, uh, my dad brought it up. And, um, and so fast forward to spring of my freshman year, we're at uh, leadership training for Christ, which is, um, just a, a youth event from third to si- third to twelfth graders can participate. You know, in song leading speech. Uh, there's Bible Bowl, um, all kinds of different things that this event um, encourages kids to participate in. Well, Saturday night after the event's over, my youth group has a tradition. We always walk to Spaghetti Warehouse uh, there in downtown Dallas, get a dinner, walk back to the hotel. It's just a, a few blocks, and then um, around the this atrium in the hotel, we all sit in a big circle and just sing some songs and have a closing Devo that Saturday night to close out the weekend. Well, I remember at the the last song of that Devo we're, we're singing, uh, it's the last song. So we're standing up, we have our arms around each other, um, encouraging each other through song. And I remember during that song thinking, why in the world am I not baptized yet? <laughs> like why, what, am, what are you doing? It was just kind of like a conversation I had with myself thinking, why have I not done this yet? You know? And so, uh, we closed with prayer. And then right after that, I made a beeline, um, for my interim youth minister. He was, uh, just with us for a few years, uh, as he was in between jobs, but I made a beeline for him and I told him, Hey, I need to be baptized. Well, the funny story about that is that my dad had already 
um, headed back home. He wasn't staying at the hotel with us there at uh, Leadership Training for Christ that weekend. Um, he had to go back and lead singing Sunday morning at church while we were going to stay there at the hotel for church that morning. So Saturday night, my dad is gone, and um, I told my uh, youth minister, hey, I want to be baptized. So um, he makes a call. My dad is almost home. He's got to drive an hour back to downtown Dallas to um, to come back to the hotel. And um, while my youth minister worked on the hotel manager getting the pool open, because it's about midnight at this point, you know, having our, our closing Devo late, uh, enjoying each other's time and fellowshipping together. And um, so we're having a, a late Devo and it's about midnight when I decide to be baptized. Well, the pool man the, or the hotel manager says, no, we, we can't open up this pool. That's not okay. Well, uh, they had a, a, um, what do you call it? A pond or not a pond, um, some kind of fountain in the front lobby. And so my youth minister says, you know, if you don't open up the pool, we're just going to step into this fountain and baptize them right here. And so that kind of, uh, spurred them on to opening up the pool. And, um, I was baptized, um, spring of 20, I guess it was 2013, spring of 2013, um, is was the day that I finally decided to to be baptized and I really wish I could answer some more questions for our listeners and and tell them you know I this was what was holding me back this is what I didn't understand but the truth is I understood everything I knew that um Christ was the son of God that he died for my sins and that by being baptized he will wash away my sins and I will be clothed with Christ and walk a new life with Christ I understood all that but sometimes there's there's just this click where um where you say okay i i i'm ready i i know that without this i don't have a a chance to spend eternity with him because i understand everything i know the difference of right and wrong and i know that i have sin in my life and so that's my story do y'all have any uh, clarifying questions yeah so i've got one um so really, what what do you think makes your story unique to others who also grow up in the church? Um, so the uniqueness is um, something that you mentioned earlier, Chris, that everyone is different. And um, nobody, uh, even everyone that grows up in the church is different. Nobody has the exact same story um, it, over and over. It, it's not just a, a repeating cycle of, of kids that grow up in the church, you know, um, there, there's so many different influences that go into to each child and each teen. And the, the part that's unique to me, I think, is um, having a dad that was a minister. Um, I felt like there was a spotlight on me. Whether there was or wasn't, I, I always felt like, like people were looking to see, oh, what's, what's Dylan going to do and, and what's the decision that he's going to make, you know? And... Um, and I think part of that is why I had the feeling of, I need to make sure this is my own decision. I need to make sure that I'm not going to let anybody else, um, you know, uh, make sure it doesn't look like I'm following anybody else. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so yeah, that makes sense. I think that's part, partly what's unique to me, but I don't want to put all the blame on my, my dad being a minister. I'm, I'm very thankful for that. And I think I actually learned a lot of experiences, um, from that watching, watching my dad that I can use now today being a minister in the Lord's church. I, I think I can use a lot of that experience that watching him, you know, um, but I think it, it changed things as far as, um, being 100% convicted. You know, a lot of times we'll say that, um, 
baptism is the beginning of your walk with Christ. It's not the end. It's the beginning. But um, for me, for some reason, I felt like it had to be in the middle, which I know is, is an incorrect. I know that's an incorrect thought process. Baptism is the beginning, and then you, you begin your walk with Christ. But I kept feeling this pullback of, okay, I need to know more. I need to, to make sure this is right. And so th- that's partly what's unique to me, I guess. Um, uh, Dan, do you have anything to, to add in here? Well, as you were telling your story, uh, uh, well, first of all, you know, I, I was, um, really impressed and moved by the fact that I think what I see in your conversion story is the, the love of Jesus really, uh, spurring you on and, I just loved it. I loved I loved listening to you. And actually, I was thinking, you know, your your story was just as interesting as Chris's because you know it, it's so cool that Chris he tell he tells his story and he comes from the outside and into the church, and then you tell your story and uh, from the inside. And, and actually, I'm kind of more familiar with Chris's story because that's sort of my story. So in some ways, no, you know, it, your story was very intriguing to me because I got to listen to someone who I don't have that personal experience. And it's kind of cool to listen to you talk about that. So first, I I just want to say thanks for sharing your story. But um, I was thinking about how it's just so awesome to to hear you say about uh, Jesus loves me, you know, those church songs just, you know, (laughs) uh, penetrating your heart and your mind and uh, that melody, that tune, just carrying along with you and impressing you uh, from your adolescence. Yeah, that's uh, a that that's, foundation that I'm, that's a I'm cool talking t- about. You know, that that foundation, like very beginning understanding of Christ is His love, and that's what uh, I, I dare say majority of people in America um, who have a a belief in God or, or a higher power um, or have a belief in Christ understand that Jesus loves me. Jesus is love. But again, that's just mm-hmm. the foundational understanding. And um, it, it goes more than that. So It is, but it is fun. it is so foundational, isn't it? I mean, Paul said, I, was, I have my Bible, 2 Corinthians 5.14, as you're talking, for the love of Christ compels us, you know, because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died, and he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him. Uh, who died for them and rose again. Mm-hmm. So, And that's actually Paul talking from the, the one who's going out and converting. Uh, how much, you know, the same applies, doesn't it, to the, the one who's uh, being converted, that, that love of Christ compelling them as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's cool to see that in your life. Well, that's pretty much all I got for today. Um, uh, oh, I was thinking about one other oh, thing. Yeah, go though. for it. <laughs> uh, I was gonna, yeah, I was going to tell you about this uh, – you know your struggle. I think you're you're not alone. Uh, it's inter- actually it's really interesting because uh, I was working with a congregation um, before I started working with Keller, and uh, I remember uh, I was there about five years, and I remember this um, young teenage girl, and uh, I don't know, she probably had to be like fourteen, I guess, uh, around there, thirteen, fourteen when I got there, and. Um, when uh, when she turned 18, so she wasn't baptized. She didn't get baptized. 
But it was really interesting because when she left home, I remember she went home um, down to Southern Virginia and, um, you know, this whole five years she had not been baptized, you know, so preaching, 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 preaching. She knows the truth, all that stuff, um, but never gets baptized. So she goes down for the first time in her life. She leaves home and she goes to this university and literally i tell you literally like it had to be within the space of a month to three months somewhere on there she comes back home and she's baptized and i just thought to myself what what happened you know i mean five years of preaching <laughs> you know this is like a preacher's like what did i do? You yeah. know, preaching for five years and then they go somewhere else so anyway um she comes back and and she's baptized and i'm like so I asked her, I said, why did you get baptized? You know, what, what made you get baptized? Why, why this sudden decision, right? And her response was the very thing we're talking about. She said, because I needed to know that it was my decision. Mm-hmm. And, and I think for her, it was kind of a struggle too at first when she got to thinking about like, why, why did I wait this whole time? And, and I could kind of see it in her response because it wasn't like immediate. But it's kind of like, you know, Dan, I think it was because I just needed to know that this was me. This was my decision. Uh, And so I just kind of wonder if um, this is part of growing up in the church. This is part of adolescence. This is just part and parcel, so to speak, with the nature of being a young, you know, adolescent, that you're in this gap, this phase of life. I remember this one preacher when he was uh, preaching very wise man you know just a great preacher and teacher and um, I remember one time he was preaching to the youth and and he said um, God will give you time to grow you need to know this that God will give you time to grow because you know I could see that in your story you were you know, you, you felt this conviction. Obviously, you felt this conviction because you like, you know, scared. I'm scared, right? <laughs> but I, I remember that, I'll, I'll never forget it. It's very vivid in my memory that um, this preacher, you know, who I think was is very wise, um, you know, was trying to calm the fears of these, these children, not necessarily trying to take away the urgency of it. That's the Bible teaches that, right? Why are you waiting, you know, Paul? Uh, but Paul was a man, you know, who was laden with sin and you know, was a master of the law and and knew, absolutely knew what he was supposed to do, as opposed to a child or someone in their young age, very different situation, don't you think? Oh, yeah, it's it's very different. And, and that's one of the differences I think you can see in my story and Chris's story um, is that, you know, Chris is uh, an adult, he's in college, and when he gets that understanding, he says, okay, now's the time. Um, you know, he, he hears <laughs> that, that lesson about um, making sure Christ is a priority in your life. And, and Chris, you say, okay, now is the time. For me, that's kind of a lesson that was sprinkled all throughout my life. And it just summarized itself all for me. All the puzzle pieces were put together. And yet I was still thinking, um, okay, when is the time? And and that's um, mm-hmm. really, I think, the main difference between um a, a child and, and an adult for, for children, it take, t- takes time for that to process. And that's where the, the patience of parents and the patience of, of mentors need to be strong. 
um, and need to be uh, long-suffering with, with children and, and with teens putting those puzzle pieces together and, and really understanding what it means for somebody else to, to give their life for you, for the Son of God to give their life for you. Um, for many adults who are, who are baptized and converted to Christ, um, that decision is not a long one to process. It's a, oh, I, I understand. Um, like, y- you know, I understand I need to be baptized. What, would you think I'm right in saying that, Chris? Yeah, I, I think, you know, you go from being a child and in some ways you think you know everything, but when you understand the importance of what it is that you're about to do, you hesitate. You know, and I think hesitation is a natural part of being a human as you get older and the feeling of invulnerability leaves you, right? You don't feel like you can tackle everything and you don't feel like you can do anything. And uh, you start to realize that, you know, you, you have back pain when you get up in the morning <laughs> and all of these, you know, little things, but you start to realize that you're human and you're full of sin and there's a way out of that. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's, a, there's an answer to that it becomes very clear that you just got to do it, right? There's no, you know, as a kid, you think you've got time. Yep. You think you've got all the time in the world. Life is ahead of you. You know, that's why life, yeah, your life's ahead of you, you know. So I, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, it's it's always all these questions and take your time being a kid, you know. you It it goes by before you know it. All of those are, yeah, it's true. But as a kid, you don't think that's the case, you know. You only think that's the case afterwards. Yep. And so, you know, an adult, for the most part, adults have more of a long-term view of life. And they understand that if there's an answer to something, that it probably needs to be just done. Kids are okay putting it off. So, yeah, I think you're 100% accurate on that. Yep. Well, I kind of think, Dylan, like uh, your situation, I just kind of had this illustration come to mind. It's almost like, you know, uh, a arranged marriage versus you know, um, meeting this, this beautiful woman out, you know, out on your own, you know, uh, Chris meets this beautiful woman, you know, that he says, wow, you know, he's in his 20, wow, she's beautiful, you know, whereas you, you're growing up and you're seeing this beautiful bride all your life. And it's like, wait, is this, is this arranged or is this really my choosing? (laughs) Yeah. But the truth is that it is everyone's choosing, uh, just because it's been placed in front of you your whole life. Um, does not mean that it's chosen for you. So, um, mm-hmm. but anyways, that's all I got for today. Um, Chris, do you want to close us out? Yeah, I, um, Dylan, I'm, I'm grateful for you sharing the story. I want to, I guess, echo Dan's thoughts on that and that you know, I just appreciate you opening up and sharing that. And um, I think, I think there's going to be a lot of people that can relate to your story. You know, it's funny. We never realize who relates to our story until we tell it. Mm-hmm. We never realize how many people are affected by our preaching until we preach. You know, there's, we just, we never know the fruits that are going to grow from the seeds that we sow. And so uh, I appreciate you sharing that. And, and I hope that uh, the listeners are um, able to gain something from it. I, I know that I have. And, you know, we uh, just want to say if, if you've been listening and you've enjoyed this, uh, this, this episode, Send us an email. Let us know what you thought about it. Uh, we've got a Facebook page now. It's called Bible Conversations. Uh, go ahead and look it up and like it, and uh, and share share the post, share the uh, share the page with everybody. And you know we uh, we just want to get this out to as many people as possible. 
We want to spread the good news and spread the word of God that, you know, he, he, he died and yet he was risen and he is alive again. And, uh, so Dylan, we, we thank you. We appreciate it. And, um, if there's anything that we can do for anybody that's listening, just, uh, shoot us an email at, uh, KCOC Bible conversations at gmail.com. And we'll get back to you as soon as we can. We love you guys all. And, uh, we will see you next week. All right. Bye. Thank you.